morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Monday, April 3rd. Can you believe it's already April? Time is flying. They're the devices we love to hate, our cell phones. On this date in 1973, 50 years ago, the first handheld portable telephone was demonstrated for reporters on a New York City street corner. Motorola executive Martin Cooper called Joel Engel of Bell Labs. And we've been making calls on those devices for five decades now. Well, now let's place a quick call over to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center to see how your Monday is shaping up. And good Monday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Sovine here. A little bit of sunshine these morning. Clouds and the increase as we head through today. Mainly dry. There could be a couple spotty showers from really after lunchtime all the way through this evening. High temperatures today in the mid to upper 70s. Now best rain chance will actually come through tonight. There could be a couple showers and storms overnight. Tomorrow mainly dry at 87 degrees. We'll be at 88 on Wednesday. So very warm Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday up into the 80s, but late this week as we head towards Friday and our Easter weekend, does look like a front's going to stall out across the area. Rain chance is going to be up and high temperatures turning cooler in the 60s by Saturday and Sunday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now let's get to your morning headlines. We've got some new information for you. The man accused of shooting convicted killer Alec Murdoch in a botched suicide for hire plot will be back in court today. Curtis Curtis Eddie Smith was arrested in connection to that shooting over Labor Day weekend of 2021. Smith is also accused of being Murdoch's drug dealer. He was charged with assisted suicide, assault and battery and more following the investigation. Smith was also indicted by a grand jury on charges including money laundering, forgery and drug trafficking. The bond hearing is scheduled for this afternoon in Richland County. Smith is currently being held at the Lexington County Detention Center. An attorney representing the mother of a Hampton County teen whose death was recently declared a homicide has confirmed that his body has been exhumed and examined over the weekend. Now, Stephen Smith was found dead in Hampton County in 2015 with the initial report indicating that he was the victim of a hit and run. However, that investigation was reopened in 2021 following the murders of Maggie and Paul Murdoch based on information that investigators discovered during the case. Despite several theories no suspects have ever been officially named in this investigation. Well, this weekend, a funeral was held for the fourth of six people killed in Nashville following last week's deadly school shooting. Grieving family and friends remembered nine-year-old William Kinney as someone looking forward to playing baseball this season and for being, quote, quick to laugh and always inclusive of others. Mark Strassman has more. Please hurry, I'm They're coming, they're coming. Nashville school massacre, another muzzle flashpoint about guns in America. Six people killed, three of them nine years old. These large um, mass public shootings, they represent about 1% of gun violence nationwide. Michael Anestis runs New Jersey's nonpartisan Gun Violence Research Center. One of its inescapable conclusions. Where there's more firearms, there's more firearm injury and death. America has roughly 400 million guns in private hands. Gun violence, like heart disease or opioids, qualifies as a public health crisis. During the COVID pandemic, the U.S. firearms homicide rate spiked by 35 percent. 
On average, gun violence kills more than 100 Americans a day. Just as unsettling, guns are now the number one cause of death among children. Every shooting has this vast ripple effect that affects so many more people and tears apart families and communities. Nashville is now one of those communities, like Parkland, like Buffalo, like Uvalde. So much indiscriminate carnage in a country polarized by what to do about it. Thousands of Tennesseans last week demanded state lawmakers limit access to guns, unlikely in a state where gun rights are expanding. At the federal level, it's not just legislation that solves these problems. It's paralysis. I have gone the full extent of my executive authority to do on my own anything about guns. Nashville's shooting sparked this congressional dust-up between Democrat Jamal Bowman and Republican Thomas Massey. Nashville's grief is still raw. Weekend memorial services for Evelyn Dickhouse, Hallie Scruggs, and William Kenny. Reducing gun violence should be the number one priority for our country. Anything less, we are failing our children. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Nashville. The other victims in this tragedy include Mark Hill, a school custodian for 14 years, the head of the school, Catherine Kuntz, and substitute teacher Cynthia Peak. The suspect, former student Audrey Hale, was killed by law enforcement on the scene. A motive for the shooting is still unknown. Communities here at home are expressing concerns surrounding gun violence in the Low Country. The third gun violence forum hosted by the Tri-County Gun Violence Coordinating Council brought panelists together to address gun owners directly. Emily Johnson listened to the concerns and problems, including specific solutions from people of many different backgrounds. Issues that a new group of panelists discussed yesterday included open carrying laws, reporting a stolen gun, what credentials are needed to operate a gun in the state, and generally, is there a gun problem in America? The third community meeting included panelists with Charleston County, an Army veteran, and justice reform advocates inside of West Ashley High School. Studying over 150 people across the Tri-County area, two out of three participants identified as being concerned about gun violence, according to information recorded by the Tri-County Gun Violence Coordinating Council and College of Charleston. Loved ones of those who were killed due to gun violence and gun violence survivors shared their opinions on problems as well, including Wendell Magnagoot, who was paralyzed due to a gunshot wound back in 2002. When we hear about gun violence, we hear about people getting shot and killed, or we hear about them getting shot and being left with minor injuries. But for me, in my case, I got shot and was left paralyzed and decked out instantly, never to walk again. Now, prior to this incident occurring, I was up, running, skipping, hopping, and jumping independently. The next and final gun violence forum that the council has planned will take information and problems that were discussed at all three previous forums and bringing that together into one final consensus. Reporting in Charleston, Emily Johnson, Live 5 News. Looking ahead, you're going to have a chance to taste some fair favorites at the South Carolina State's Fair Annual Spring Fair Food Drive-Thru. Their unique twist on the restaurant drive-thru concept will have traditional fair food, drinks including fries, 
funnel cakes, lemonade, and more. There's going to be more options for visitors like a walk-in kickoff day, which takes place Saturday, April 15th, and dine-in picnic table seating, as well as free movie nights. The food drive-through is going to be from Sunday, April the 16th through the 22nd. Hopefully we've got something fried there as well. Oh, yeah. Well, if you want a little Cajun flavor right here at home, the Low Country's favorite Ragin' Cajun celebration returns to James Island County Park later this month. Bring Louisiana living to the Low Country. Event goers can expect a variety of foods, including jambalaya, alligator, and dewy sausage and crawfish. If you prefer a milder menu, organizers say there will also be other Low Country staples, seafood, southern barbecue, and traditional festival food. Now, the festival it begins on April 22nd and will go from noon until 6 p.m. All right, well, the City of Charleston's Planning Commission will be reviewing the South Carolina Port Authority's presentation of the Union Pier Redevelopment Plan this week. Yeah, in that presentation, city officials will go over the design, height, and density aspects for the project, which sits at 70 acres of land. Union Pier is located on the eastern portion of the peninsula and runs along Washington and Concord Streets close to the South Carolina Aquarium, keeping the historic feel of the Holy City is said to be the priority. Yes, Samantha Popovic, she joins us live. And Samantha, what has been the feedback on this particular project? Good morning. Good morning. The Preservation Society of Charleston says they would like to slow down this development process, making sure people's opinions are heard, while also maintaining the historical context and fine green design of downtown Charleston. The Preservation Society of Charleston says they have been working with partners from the Historic Charleston Foundation and the Coastal Conservative League to push the city development team and planning commission to slow the union peer development process down. They say their combined efforts are to ensure the project fits with the city's flood management plan. They have also been concerns that the project will have an impact to surrounding neighborhoods. Director of Public Affairs for the Preservation Society of Charleston, Sam Spence, says at a city agenda meeting in March, the development proposed showed buildings were too tall for the city. From the beginning, we've been pushing for a considered approach to developing this property that incorporates a lot of green space, incorporates a lot of resident-serving uses that don't necessarily just prioritize uh, tourism destinations or attractions. Um, we want this to be a place that all Charlestonians can be proud of and look forward to going to. The meeting will be held this Thursday at 5 p.m. at the Gilliard, and written comments must be submitted online by Wednesday at 12 p.m. To see how you can submit your written comments, head to our website, live5news.com, and click the link in this article. Reporting live in downtown Charleston, Samantha Popovics, Live 5 News. Celebrating birthdays this Monday, conservationalist Dame Jane Goodall is 89. Actor Eric Braden, who plays Victor Newman on The Young and the Restless, is 82. Singer Wayne Newton is 81. Singer Tony Orlando is 79. Actor Alec Baldwin turns 65. Actor David Hyde Pierce of Frasier is 64. And comedian Eddie Murphy is 62. Thanks for kicking off your morning and your week with us here at Live 5. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning, Y'all. Produced every weekday morning. You can listen and subscribe at live5news.com slash podcast and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.